It's Against All Odds presented by FanDuel. You know, the playoff action is heating up, and with FanDuel, you can bet on everything from the NBA Finals MVP to who's going to lift the Stanley Cup. Right now, check out the new and improved Parlay Hub. You filter by odds, sport, and bet type to easily find the most popular parlays and same-game parlays all on one page. Plus, start betting on the pulse and get paid instantly when you win. So download the app today. And bet with Fandle, America's number one sports book. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. You must be 21 or older, 18 or older in D.C., and present in select states. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit rg-help.com. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Thank you. I hope you had a great Thanksgiving. What a day. This is the first time I've left my couch in 16 hours. That's how much you all mean to me. I hope you saved room because the Thanksgiving treats just keep coming. Hey, in a few moments, I sit down and talk with my first favorite NFL player ever, Cowboys great Danny White. Is it legal to have Danny White on Black Friday? I guess we're going to find out. After that, gambling goat Billy Walters in another installment of Billy's Betting Academy. Speaking of gambling legends, Brother Bry will help me break down the rest of the Week 12 games and that huge college matchup in Ann Arbor. And I've got some ideas for the NFL to take Black Friday to the next level. No coupons necessary in this week's installment of Wager Rager. But first, let's recap all the things I loved and hated about yesterday's Turkey Day games in the segment that always tastes better the next day. It's Cover 4! Cover 4! All right, let's face it. Yesterday was great. My Cowboys were magnificent, as always. The truth is, I can't imagine Thanksgiving without football. It would be like Flavor Flav without the clock. And yet, every year, I hear complaints from people. Why do we get stuck with Dallas and Detroit on Thanksgiving? Why can't we take a break and give other teams a shot? That's my Jennifer Coolidge complaining about football, if you hadn't noticed. First of all, this is nonsensical. Secondly, have you watched this year? The other options aren't great. You want home games for Indianapolis or Atlanta on Thanksgiving? There's a reason we export those boring teams to London every year, and that's because we won the war. Eat it, Redcoats! And besides all that, Thanksgiving is all about tradition and sameness. It's the same meal every year, the same people at your table, the same political arguments with your crazy Uncle Bob. I'm convinced that Macy's has been airing the same Thanksgiving Day parade since 1986. At least. And it's fine. Everything else about Thanksgiving is the same, and no one complains about that. If all of a sudden Aunt Maggie brought boysenberry pie to your home instead of pecan, you'd break out in hives. Change is good, but sameness in the case of Thanksgiving and the Cowboys and Lions is necessary. 
Now let's go eat again. Coming too. All right, now that that's settled, I will admit it was a relief to watch Jared Goff playing in that early game yesterday. That was Goff's third Thanksgiving start, and it got me thinking about all the embarrassing turkey days Lions fans and the rest of us football junkies have had to endure in the past. Calvin Johnson across from the rookie row. That's where Stafford goes. He's got it for the touchdown. Sure, we did all right starting off the holiday during the Matthew Stafford years, but there were other Thanksgivings where the quarterback play made you want to inject tryptophan directly into your veins. Uh. Detroit is known for manufacturing cars. Quarterbacks, not so much. The Kitnas, the Hipples, the Blows, the Harringtons. It was a who's who of who's worse. At one point, quarterback Dan Orlovsky wanted out so bad he ran out of the back of the end zone. Here comes Jared Allen, and he's out of bounds. Charlie Brown, who's missed the same kick 60 years in a row, laughs at that play. <laughs> Every year, that kicking miscue costs me on the same game parlay. Thanks for nothing, Lucy. Cover three. All right, one thing I do miss every Thanksgiving is immortal announcer John Madden. Talk about a legend. Do you know that guy was on the cover of Madden 11 times? For years, he made those brutal Detroit Lions games I just talked about watchable with his talking and telestrating. There's always been like a mother and father. Like this is a father bucket. This is a mother bucket. And since the last game, they had a baby bucket. It was like he was actually at our Thanksgiving table telling stories about oversized linemen and then boom, he's talking about something completely different. Plus, not only was he an innovator when it came to coaching and color commentating, John Madden was an innovator when it came to holiday cuisine. The man single-handedly popularized the original flex position of food, the turducken. For a lot of years, I thought a turducken was some sort of a, you know, a foul crossbreed, but it's not. Well, it's just I mean, three I different mean, things. Yeah, yeah. It's, well, it's, it's really five different things. The turducken, of course, was a combo of turkey, duck, and chicken. A majestic beast in the original three-bird parlay. Forget the wishbone offense. John Madden took the actual wishbone to the next level. During the post-game show, players would chow down on a massive turkey like they were visiting Disneyland. And only after the telestrating was done and the players were fed, only then would John Madden eat. He took his Thanksgiving meal on the world-famous Madden Cruiser. That's right, the Hall of Famer exclusively rode across the country because supposedly he was afraid to fly, but I'm convinced he was just allergic to roasted peanuts. Which reminds me, why aren't there Madden Carnival Cruisers? Frank Caliendo, make that happen already. Any man who could learn karate that fast, then teach it to a squirrel he just met? Number four. All right, we waited long enough. Let's talk about sides. When it comes to Thanksgiving, everyone is taking sides on sides, which is the best, which is overrated, which is underrated. So let's not so quickly settle this once and for all in true football power ranking fashion. The depth chart featuring my top three favorite sides and therefore the best Thanksgiving sides. Let's do this. Number three, mashed potatoes. Old reliable. Always there when you need it. The Cooper Rush of sides. And you might ask, is Cooper Rush really the third best quarterback? Yes. Yes, he is. He's probably top two at this point. Number two, stuffing. Lots of controversy lately because everything has to be controversial. Is it called stuffing or dressing? This is an easy one, folks. It's stuffing. You know why? Because you literally stuff it up a turkey's rectum. No need to dissect. Breadcrumbs, onions, celery, broth, and sausage. Just missed making the stove top of my list. And here it is. My number one favorite side is probably not on anyone else's list. It's 
the side of my youngest son's head as my 65-year-old friend Don puts him in a front face lock every year after the Thanksgiving meal is served. You may cite poor parenting on my part, but I blame the refs. Ridiculous how they don't call this. All right, that does it for perhaps our most delicious cover four to date. Now it's time for my comedic and irrationally angry weekly attempt to make rational sense of a somewhat irrational bet. It's Wager Ranger. All right, before you go off to hit the fridge and put that leftover turkey on your pizza, don't you dare judge me till you tried it, you should know we've got more football today. In just a few hours, the Jets and Dolphins will kick things off in the first ever Black Friday game on Amazon. Yep, there it is. And, you know, I was thinking about it. This is really the perfect Black Friday matchup, right? The Jets historically serve as a reminder not to overpay for things. And Dolphins head coach Mike McDaniel looks like he leads the team at the Geek Squad. The reason it's kind of cool is Amazon is actually integrating shopping into today's broadcast. So I think you'll be able to purchase items during downtime while you wait for the ref to determine if a player's elbow fat touched the ground before the ball broke the plane. And while this is a fun little change, why not fully embrace the spirit of Black Friday madness? Forget the Jets and the Dolphins. They can play whenever. Amazon should instead honor the in-person Black Friday shoppers. The American heroes who forego leftovers. The ones who bum-rush stores all in the hopes of securing a $30 Cuisinart. This is their Super Bowl. And on this day, they deserve to be treated with the utmost respect. After all, they're the real family general managers who are trying to stay under their Christmas salary cap and are willing to trade future considerations like sleeping in for slightly discounted Bluetooth headphones. So here's what I'm thinking. Ditch the game and replace it with Black Friday challenges. Part NFL combine, part outlet shopping. You'll be surprised. I have a series of ideas to pitch right now. For instance, a drill of civilians zigzagging past mall security. We get to watch shoppers stiff our mall police as they try to reach an end zone filled with power tools. The 4K40. Whoever runs the fastest 40 time in place while wearing an Oculus headset wins a plasma TV. People hurdling clearance racks on their way to grabbing a half dozen PlayStations. Speed stacking air fryers. These are the events I want to see. Even more so than a guy named Tim Boyle trying in vain to hit his target. Let's see more agile versions of Tim Boyle in an actual target. That's my rager. Here's the wager. Dolphins and the over on a six-point teaser. No need to barrel over an overzealous Walmart enthusiast to get there. Just go to the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's pretty safe, and it's the best Black Friday deal of all. Hey, we have a fun show. My boyhood hero is here. No, not Shazam. Even better, former Cowboys quarterback Danny White. Sports gambling guru Billy Walters gives us an edge on a weekend game. When we come back, my good buddy from the Against All Odds podcast, brother Bryce Sicoli, will join me in the handicapper hot seat. We're going to go over all the remaining Week 12 NFL games, plus a Ohio State, Michigan, all this and more when we return on Cousin Sal's Winning Weekend. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. All right. 
welcome back to Cousin Sal's Winning Weekend. This week in the handicapping hot seat is the Bo Jackson of betting, and that he's great at wagering on multiple sports, and also he had hip replacement surgery just for the fun of it. Weird guy. America's brother, Brother Bryce Sicoli's here. What's happening, buddy? What's going on, buddy? Listen, we have to get going with this Black Friday game. It's crazy. I talked to Goodell. He says, give your stupid picks because we're not going to delay the kickoff for you. So, But I do want to talk to you. You're in New York. A lot of people are talking about this Jets team and the Giants team. And who is the best quarterback in New York? Is it this Tim Boyle? Is it uh, Tommy DeVito? Is it Aaron Rodgers on one leg? What would you say? Or you just laugh at the whole thing? Why is it a discussion? Well, I, I laugh. I mean, people in New York are talking up Tommy DeVito. I, I would say, <laughs> though, I'm trying to think who the Syracuse quarterback is, maybe Buffy University, who their quarterback is. Anybody right now is better than uh, what New York has. I'm going to throw you a bone here because you graduated from Stony Brook. Uh, that team is 0-9 so yep. far. I don't even know if their season is over. <laughs> but their quarterback is Casey Case. I like the name Casey Case. Ten yep. touchdowns, ten interceptions. That sounds good enough to take the number one spot, doesn't it? Casey Case. That, that, yeah, I was going to mention Stony Brook, but I didn't want you to bring up the uh, 0-9 record. So. Oh, right, right, right. Okay. Well, it could be worse. No, it couldn't, actually. All right, Miami and the Jets. Let's do this. Nine and a half. This was a six and a half. Went to nine and a half when they announced Boyle. I don't, I don't know. Actually, it didn't make a difference what quarterback was there. The betters bet it up to nine and a half. 41 is the over-under. I outlined this in my wager-rager section. Um, the numbers changed since I made this pick, but I'm going to tease this down. Now, this is probably stupid because I'm missing the key number of three. I'm not crossing it yet. I don't think it matters. Tim Boyle for the Jets. One touchdown. Did you see his UConn stats? I know he went on to play at Eastern Kentucky. I don't know why he would be able to go anywhere else after one touchdown and 13 interceptions. That's the worst numbers I've ever seen for a college player. But um, there you go. I think he turns it over twice against this revamped Dolphins defense. Jalen Ramsey all over the place. Jets 30th in rushing yards allowed. They're going to control the clock. The Dolphins are not a low scoring game technically, but I think about 24-14 gets the job done. Jets don't cover on Dolphins on the teaser. Well, that's that's still low scoring, Sal. But yeah, I wanted to take the Jets here, but these this team has burned me too many times, right? A change at quarterback was necessary for them, but I'm not sure it matters, right? Their line is awful. They get no production out of their second and third receivers, nothing from their tight ends. And it's amazing that Tim Boyle is in this position. Like you said, <laughs> probably the most unproductive college and pro career uh, ever. Now you go against an offense that is going to score points, even against this good Jets defense. I think this is a 27-10 uh, Dolphins victory. All right, I'll take it. I think, yep. right? That works for my teaser. All right, 27 10 is fine. Let's do that. All right, New Orleans at Atlanta. Atlanta, one and a half point favorite. 42 and a half is the over under. These teams have each been off the last three weeks, or maybe it just seems like it. I don't know. These NFC, nobody misses the NFC South teams. Uh, Atlanta committing to Desmond Ritter. I like New Orleans to win this division. They're a slight favorite, but I'm taking Atlanta to win this game. Only problem is they're one in six as a one and a half point favorite or better. So I'm going to take their. Team points over 21 and a half. Not necessarily taking them to win the game, but they've hit the over 21 and a half in their last three games, all losing efforts. Seventh best run team, and especially to the left side of the field. I did a little research here, Bri. New Orleans does not defend that left side as good against the run. Field goal ending probably, but surprisingly high scoring, I'm going to say 28-27. Give me Ritter's Renegades over 21 and a half team points. They have stats like that, the left side of the field. I can, I, I can look. I up saw it. I know. It's stupid. It's almost like someone's making it up just to see if I use it in this show, and then they can accuse me of stealing. 
I, I hear you, but I, I, Sal, I like the under here. You know, if Heineke was playing, I would think differently, but I don't, I don't trust the Falcons' offense with Ritter. And Ritter's last five starts, the Falcons have only averaged 13 points per game. Both teams are top 10 in total defense, so I think what's going to happen, the Falcons are going to run, run, run the ball. If the turnovers are limited in this game, I, I like this to kind of go way under, which is kind of against what you're saying, Sal, but Falcons games are six and four to the under. The Saints are seven and three to the under. So this line is just way too high for me. So get, give me the under here. All right. Pittsburgh at Cincinnati, another one, one and a half, a lot of tic-tac lines in here. One and a half point favorite. The Steelers are 34 and a half is the over under. Matt Canada is gone. My boy Jack screamed from his room. He's a Steelers fan. He's like, it's finally happened. And I, I thought it might be something else, uh, maybe even disgusting, <laughs> boy, boy related. But no, it wasn't. Matt Canada fired all the Steelers' worries behind them, and now they face Jake Browning. Um, listen, Bengals, I have to mention it because I do it every week. Bengals first half, Steelers game is plus 750. But that's not my official bet. My official pick, I'm taking Jake Browning and the Bengals. I know... There's no trends that are going to help me here because they'd all involve Joe Burrow, who isn't dressing for this one, obviously. Um, this is not a team that's just going to roll over against a division rival, these Bengals. Honestly, Steelers pass defense, 23rd in the league. And if you gave me Browning for Pickett, I think I would take it. I think I would take that deal. I'm sorry, Joel. Where is he? I know. He's very he's grunting in the corner. <laughs> Bengals raise some eyebrows in a 20-16 to 16 win. You have the Steelers, though, Brian. Yeah, I'm taking the Steelers. Look, and I never get sick of these AFC North games. They could be three nothing. I don't care. They're just so physical. And you might be right. Browning, Browning may be the better quarterback here. Uh, there aren't many worse than Pickett right now. But the Steelers finally firing Canada should really spark this offense, kind of like what we saw with the Bills last week, right? And the best unit on the field is going to be the Steelers defense. I know the Steelers can't blow anyone out, but I, I think this is the Steelers wins like 20 to 13-ish, something like that. Mm. And like Tomlin, I just can't see him losing back-to-back -to, -back to Dorian Thompson, Robinson, and Browning. I don't think that's happening. So I like the Steelers. Steelers here pretty much just a win. Hadn't thought of it that way. They also do face off again uh, later in the season, maybe in just in a couple weeks. All right, Jacksonville and Houston, they've already matched up. Uh, Houston upset Jacksonville in Florida. This line, one and a half. Jacksonville's the favorite, 47 and a half. I think the Jags play with a little chip on their shoulder, brother Bry. You know, Trevor Lawrence case, a lot of, lot of well-groomed hair on his shoulder, but a chip nonetheless. Let's not forget. Jacksonville had won five in a row. Then they blew that game, not blew the game. They got rolled by San Francisco. And everyone's like, ah, let's forget about Jackson for a while. They come back. They beat up Tennessee. So that's six out of seven. I don't think they're getting any respect. I know they're a small favorite here. And as a small favorite, they're five and one against the number. Texans, I know everyone loves C.J. Stroud, but really could have lost to both the Panthers and the Cardinals over the last three weeks. CJ not dynamite in the red zone last week. I think the Jags make him pay for mistakes like that and a payback for the thrashing. Like I mentioned, the Texans gave him 28-19. I'm taking the Jaguars on the road. Wait, does that work? That doesn't that doesn't oh, work for me here. That say? doesn't work for me. Well, I like over? the I like the over here, Sal. Oh, I'm sorry. And look in the first in the first meeting between these two, <laughs> the Texans dominated 37 to 17. Houston has averaged 30 points per game over their last three, and they could have scored. Let's face it, they could have scored a lot more against that Cardinals team if not for some of the Stroud. Uh, turnovers yeah. but the Texas defense Texans defense has also been giving up some big plays and then when you look on the other side the Jaguars have scored over 30 in three of their last five games and you know in all honesty I think this is the best game of the weekend or at least the most hmm. fun and I can't believe I'm saying that about a, a South Division team game I know, here I know. but but I, I think this back. 
I, th- I, I can, but I'm not going to. I think this game gets into the 50s, and I'm going to go. I'm going to go a decent amount over here. All right, 50s. The temperature. No, this, this is going to be a good game. It'll be a yeah, good game. Here we go. for sure. All right, here's another South matchup, although cross conference, whatever you want to say. It wasn't a tic tac zone, but it's now it's Colts two and a half point favorite. 43 and a half is the over under. They're home for Tampa Bay. I would much rather get a field goal and take Tampa Bay here, but I'm taking them anyway. Uh, they were tough at San Francisco last week. Seven and three against the spread. Now five and two against the spread when they're a two and a half dog or better this year. I feel Baker keeps them in every game. 15 touchdowns, six interceptions, which is a miracle for a 2023 quarterback, if you think about it. The Buccaneers sixth in rush defense. Colts are 25th. I think it's going to be a tough outing for Zach Moss and Jonathan Taylor. Tampa Bay wins this 26-14. You're going against me again. I'm going against you. I'm taking the Colts here. I, I do think these teams are pretty even. I actually think this, uh, this too, I think is kind of a fun game, right? I kind of like this Tampa Colts game. <laughs> just I don't move know why. down south. I, I guess just so. get out of here. <laughs> I guess so. But I like the, look, I like the way Tampa has played, even though they've lost five of their last six games. But look, Tampa's going from, they went from east to west coast, then playing the second straight game on the road versus a team coming off a bye, right? I hate when the NFL gives this type of advantage to one team, but let's face it, it is an advantage. I think this is a rather high-scoring game, but I do like the Colts to edge them out late by a field goal. All right, let's see if there's one we agree on. Giants, three-and-a-half-point underdog at home, 33-and-a-half. 33-and-a-half, the over-under against the New England Patriots. Belichick comes to town. I was way off with this line. I thought it was going to be lower. I guess I was drinking the Tommy DeVito Kool-Aid or the Prosecco, as it may be, in Tommy DeVito's case. But I'm going against what I thought and taking FanDuel's guidance with New England minus the three and a half. And in odd turn of events, the Giants can spoil the Patriots again They could for a third time. The two Super Bowls. And now if the Giants were to lose, they would spoil the Patriots' plot to get a top three pick. Oh, it's so hard to figure out what the Patriots want. Pat's defense still ninth against the rush. Giants D is 28th overall. Big Mac Jones game. Maybe I'm not going to go as far as that, but Giants three and eight against the spread. I like Belichick with this crap team that has advantage in the rest department. 24-13, very low over under, Brian. Oh, it's so low. It's an Iowa game here. And, and I'm with you, Sal. There's no reason the Pat should be laying this many points on the road, but it's really why I like it. And look, if the commanders didn't keep fumbling the ball on Sunday, let's face it, they win that game by double digits, right? And DeVito, was, he was much better against the against them but against his pats team he's going to look more like the quarterback we saw against the raiders and against the jets uh and i i think look i mean nfl teams don't know how to tank anyway but the pats especially won't know how to tank this game belichick's going to try to win this game for sure against his old team so they shut down the giants offense and they cover here it's not like he's going against casey case of um stony brook here right (laughs) it's tommy devito it's still tommy devito all right uh carolina at tennessee the Titans are a four-point favorite. 37 is the over. Under, I, I don't understand this Titans offense. I looked at the box score. Levis has decent numbers, two touchdowns, close to 80% passing. No turnovers last week against the Jaguars. They get demolished. Derrick Henry had like 10 carries. I, I'm not sure about this offense. I am pretty sure I think about the Carolina offense. They just stink. 31st overall. I'm going to take the Titans, laying the four points here. This team plays like they have a shot at the number one pick, this Panthers team. Like, they really feel like they're going to lose. Is it possible, Brian, they think that they didn't trade the number one pick and they're still <laughs> going out there? It's very possible. I hope yeah. that's not the case. But it's possible. You never know with NFL GMs. They're not the smartest, so it's possible. Yeah, they're 2-6 and six against the spread in their last eight games. Um, they haven't won on the road, obviously. 
I don't expect that to change. 27-15 final. Yes, I said 15. That's what they're going to come up with somehow. Wait, did you say 27-15? Is that yeah, what you Yeah, is that said? bad for you? Uh, oh, that's, that's bad, bad for, for me. Too. I like the, I like under. the under. I like the under. <laughs> Look, it's 37 right now, and I think that is a little it's a little high here, but both teams, the Titans and Panthers unders are seven and three so far this season. And look, the love for Levis has tempered a little bit as the Titans have only scored 12 points per game over their last three. And now they're back home. I would lean the Titans covering, but I just don't see a lot of points. And the Titans defense will shut down this Panthers offense that has no skill on the field, bad offensive line. If it's not Thielen, it's nobody for this team. And the most the Panthers have scored over the last four games was 15 points. So I expect this to be a low-scoring Titans win. I'm going to say 17-10 Titans. Who gets fired next? Reich, um, Rivera, or Staley? Is it in season, or they wait till for the season? Uh, I think they'll wait for Rivera. Um, uh-huh. Reich, yeah, they'll wait. It's first year, but um, yeah, uh, Staley. I, I think Staley's... Okay, Staley's a good bet. Brian, we're going to take a break. Go grab yourself some leftover candy yams. Coming up... We'll break down the rest of the NFL slate, plus the big one in the big house. Ohio State takes on Michigan and Billy Walters in Billy's Betting Academy. Danny White, so much more to go on Cousin Sal's winning weekend. All right, welcome back to Cousin Sal's winning weekend. We're still joined by my good pal, Brother Bry. Bry, who is a current or former NFL player or coach you would have loved to have had at your Thanksgiving meal last night? Ooh, well, I wouldn't say Collinsworth, Sal. I wouldn't say him. I, I think you have to go. Uh, pash, Q- pash the mashed potato. Well, pa- I was thinking. I was thinking the exact same thing. So, right? Him, just hearing him say that, I think maybe maybe that's worth it in its own. Uh, but I think you have to go QB or coach here, right? Just to hear them analyze the game, right? Eli Payton hmm. or Romo would be great. But I think there's only one real answer, Sal. It's got to be John Madden, right? Oh, Madden, yeah. he was Thanksgiving, right? He would bring a certain level of excitement to Thanksgiving that couldn't be matched, right? You'd hear the, I'd get to hear the old Raider stories, the sounds mm-hmm. he makes, the analysis. And most of all, I would finally get to try that turducken that looks terrible, uh, but I would just want to try it. I went over it in the uh, in the A block there. Yes, Madden for sure. He'd be telestrating all over. He'd be drawing all over like the uh, sweet potatoes and everything. It would be spectacular. <laughs> but yes, you're right. Would he? How would how would Collinsworth though? Now I can't get that out of my head. How would he say pass the mashed potatoes? Would he say pass the masked mass. potatoes? <laughs> yeah, I think he would say mass. I'm going to have to make this happen just to hear what he says. All right, let's uh, do this. We have a few more games here. Rams at the Cardinals. The Cardinals are favored by one and a half. 44 and a half is the over under. Rams fought back last week against the Seahawks. I live bet them, Bri, before that last offensive drive. Sean McVay tried to blow it by passing on second down. Why does he hate me so much, Bri? I feel like when we met him at Jimmy Kimmel Live, he was very nice. And then he starts and does things like this. He almost blew it for me. Yeah, he cost, he cost me early in the season. I will say I, I was happy. We got we got the win. Regardless, regardless right. of whatever he did, we we got we got the win on Sunday. We'll take it. He'll screw me this week, I'm sure, as I'm taking Arizona <laughs> minus the points. It seems like a hilarious phrase to say. I'm taking Arizona minus the points. But the cards have played well since Kyler's return. Cooper Cup status uncertain this week. Arizona actually four and one against the spread at home. The big one, of course, coming against my Cowboys. Cards pull it out, even the season season series with a twenty two seventeen win. We're at odds again here, Brian. We're at odds. Look, I like the Rams here too, right? It seems like the majority of people are on the Cardinals, you know, with the way Murray has looked and with Cup probably out. I'm I'm going the opposite way. Look, McVay is 12 and two in his career against the Cardinals. They beat up the Cardinals 26-9 about five weeks ago. And that 
that's with Dobbs. So there was there was good quarterback play on the other side there, but they were able to dominate the line of scrimmage and r- ran all, all over the Cardinals. So uh, the Rams usually do a good job of containing Murray. So the the thing for the Rams is too, this is a really big win for them because if they win this, they find themselves vying for that seven spot with the Seahawks who, who mm-hmm. all of a sudden could be tumbling a little bit. We talked about the Seahawks next floor and it looks ugly. I mean, they yeah, could be tough. six and eight easily heading really into week tough. 16 or whatever it is. All right, Cleveland at Denver. This hovering around two and a half points. Denver favored 35 and a half is the over under. I think this is a great teaser game. If you tease Cleveland up to eight and a half and the under to 41 and a half, I nailed the under in the Pittsburgh Cleveland game. I sort of like it here, but uh, like I said, I love the Browns plus eight and a half on the six team or uh, six pointer. We saw Russ dink and dunk his way to a win Sunday night. Going to be tougher to pull off against one of the best pass defenses of the century. That's, that's not hyperbole. Top five pass defenses since 2003. Is that a number? Yes, it is. Denver hasn't allowed more than 22 points in the last five weeks. They've been pretty good defensively, but I give Miles Garrett the edge here. Denver could even pull out a close one, but I can't imagine Cleveland getting blown out. 16-14. Who wins? Who cares? Way under. You like that spread. You like that Yeah, spread. I like that. I like that because I like the under. But the, the funny thing is, right, the Browns have surprisingly been very good on the over on, on the road, right? They're 4-0 on the over, which yeah. doesn't sound good. But with Dorian Thompson-Robinson, I think they're not going to turn him loose here, right? This is going to be a field position game. Uh, Denver's defense has been back to where we thought they'd be over the last five games. And look, Peyton has Russ looking like Drew Brees, right? Throwing the ball one yard down the field, right? <laughs> Everything is dinking and dunking. So kind of looks like the old Saints offense. I expect the clock to keep moving in this game. Don't expect a, a ton of big plays here. So I'm going to definitely take take the under. I like your score, so. All right. Miles Garrett or Micah Parsons? Defensive Ooh. player of the year. Uh, I think you have to go Garrett. Because... All right, let's move on. Let's move on. <laughs> I don't need to hear that. Yeah, like, come on, Mike Parsons, Lawrence Taylor. We, well, we, we, I, look, I, I might, I don't know who's necessarily better. I think you do, you just have to say Garrett has meant more to that defense and and what Cleveland is, right? I mean, Dallas still has a lot of good pieces there, offensively, <laughs> defensively. Cleveland doesn't yeah. have necessarily. A ton. And the numbers seem to speak for themselves. Thirteen yeah. sacks, which is why he'll get it. I get it. All right, Kansas City at Las Vegas, nine and a half point spread. It was forty three and a half. Kansas City blew that game Monday against the Eagles. They did not show up at all. This is three games in a row where they have not scored in the second half. Their second half under, just their second half under, has gone under in every one of their 10 games. They are a mysterious team who can't catch the ball offensively. Patrick Mahomes must be losing his mind. Brian, we went to this game last year. We were there in January. At Las Vegas, it was your first time in the new stadium. You were miserable. We had bet the Raiders all over the place. I think I should have shown that picture. I do have a picture of you and your head in your hands. Uh, but, yes, yeah, so you still have PTSD from that game? Yeah, because that was over immediately. And, look, so that spread was, like, the same. I think it was nine. Yeah, you're right. I think it was nine. Well, I put a ton of money on them. Uh, it was not. It was not fun immediately. We knew. I knew that wasn't covering immediately. Well, it's about to be not fun again because I'm taking Las Vegas, and it's tough again going against the Chiefs. You know, to two weeks in a row to lose. Uh, I don't think that's necessarily going to happen. But if anyone's ripe for a backdoor cover, it's the Chiefs, who, like I said, don't score in the second half or score very little. I think they're averaging like five points in the second half this year Aiden O'Connell kicks his way through the back door they get the cover 26-21 you agree with me 
I agree, but we're being dumb, right? Why aren't we just taking oh, yeah. the Chiefs second half under? Why is why isn't that that should be our bet here, right? Yeah, you're but right. I, I like look, I like how the Raiders are playing defensively under Pierce, right? They they've covered all three games with him as the head coach. You know, and the Raiders were able to hold the Dolphins down. I think they'll be able to minimize the damage against the Chiefs, who now seem to take 10 to 15 plays right to score every time. The Raiders are four and one against the spread at home. This to me has a similar feel, similar score to the Dolphins game. I think the Raiders hang around long enough and I think they cover this high number. All right. Buffalo at Philly. Philly three and a half point favorite. 48 is the over under. I think this is a rat line if I ever saw one. The Eagles proved they are superior to all Monday. They really did in my eyes. And the Bills proved that they could beat the Jets. Uh, not the same kind of thing. This line should be higher. They're the better team with a substantial home field advantage. I'm reading into the line. But I'm taking the Bills, plus three and a half. I'm doing it. Every time I think the Eagles are going to let down, they don't. This is a short week, whatever. Uh, it doesn't happen, but every game is monstrous for Buffalo going forward. McDermott's got to be frustrated being embarrassed in primetime. Even their wins in primetime have been embarrassing. I'm calling the upset, though, Brother Bry. This is the letdown we've been Ooh. waiting for. A mistake-free Josh Allen pulls off the small miracle in Lincoln Financial Field. What do I have as a score? 27-24. You like that. Yeah. And look, I, yeah. And I agree with you. I think, I think the Eagles should be favored by more here and, and I'm taking the over the over, but look, the, the bills have been an awful over team this season. So maybe I'm falling for this trap again, but I did like what I saw against the jets with Joe Brady as the offensive coordinator. They just had a better flow to this offense. And look, they put up 400 plus yards against that good jets defense. I think the Bills are going to have a hard time stopping the Eagles here. And after a real physical Monday night game, I just get the sense this is a more wide open type of game. So give me the over. I, I like your 27-24 score. Were you surprised that Jalen Hurts jumped to the top of Fandle's odds list there to win the MVP? Or more, more surprised that Mahomes dropped to third, basically because Valdez-Scantling couldn't catch a ball. <laughs> yeah, look, I, I'm totally, I'm totally okay with Hurts being the favorite now. You know, last year he had a, he had a good chance of winning this thing. You know, mm -hmm. he came up big. He had two huge drives back to back uh, that got that got them that win yesterday. So I'm totally fine with him being the leader. All right, Baltimore at the Chargers here in LA, three and a half point favorite. It was four. It might move around even more. Forty six and a half is the over under. I'm taking the Chargers, Brian. Why am I doing this? The Chargers are a, a sliver away from firing their head coach. We just talked about it. Uh, he blew up at a press conference, which is usually a bad sign. That means the numbers, the days are numbered. Ravens with a rest advantage, probably home field advantage in this game. The Chargers are junk. They're in last place, no Bosa, and I'm taking them to cover. Uh, was that a compelling case I just made for the Chargers? No. I don't think so, no. Uh, look, they're going to play it close. There's going to be a dumb drop, a missed field goal, a dumb call by Staley on 4th and 11. But ultimately, I think they stay within the 3.5. I know, I don't have a lot of good things to say about this Chargers team because we've seen them enough. Uh, they come uh, Justin Tucker field goal short, 24-23 final. Give me the points. Yeah. And look, I'm the same way, Sal. And I, I said it was dumb last week for me taking the charges. But as an underdog here, getting the getting the points, getting more than three here, I'm fine with, right? Uh, because besides, aside from that Chiefs game, the other five losses for, for the Chargers were by three points or less, right? They're always in the games. They're yeah. just not winning them. I'm surprised Staley wasn't fired after the last game. He is fighting for his job. A loss here, he's likely done. But I will say, I, I hate that we continue to underrate this Ravens team because they have been pretty dominant for the most part. I just think you can always mark down a Chargers game here 
at 2724, 23-20, something like that always is going to be the score in a Chargers game. I, I don't I can't think of another score. So I think they're covering this uh three and a half. Do we um I'm thinking about this team not to make the playoffs at this point. Like I said, they're on the seller of the AFC West, which is a surprise right now. Um, but and I think I could pinpoint which teams are going to make the playoffs. The one thing I can't do is pick who the number one seed is going to be between Baltimore mm-hmm. or Jacksonville or Kansas city or Miami. I, I don't know who's going to have three losses or four losses. Do you have a, a feel on that? I mean, we go over everyone's schedule every single week. Yeah. I don't have a great feel. I will say, I think the Raven, the Ravens though are playing the best overall football, right? This year, they've had mm-hmm. some terrible stretches in the second half. So they've blown a couple of games here. I think uh, I don't know, Sal. I, I know the it's Chiefs. So are, we go over this every week, and it's yeah, like, the I Chief, don't know. Chiefs' offense bothers me, but they're still going to be one or t- they're still going to be one or two. I, yeah, I, I don't, I don't trust the Dolphins. Dolphins aren't getting that one seed, and I, Jacksonville's going to trip up here too. It's going to be fun, bit. but yeah. then Jacksonville's going to get it, and it's not going to be fun. All right, Chicago at Minnesota. This is the night game, Monday night game, three and a half point favorite. Vikings are 43 and a half as the over on their valiant effort by the Bears versus the Lions last week. And then they remembered who they were. They blew a 12 point lead with like four and a half left. Uh, Vikings won this game early in the year. I think they're better now, even without Kirk Cousins. Still not sure about Jefferson playing. Probably smart to keep him out until after the bye. They come back. I'm going to take the Vikings here. They are 7 3 and 1 against the spread. Uh, and it's not Kirk Cousins in primetime, which is probably the most important thing. It's Josh Dobbs and his curious parents watching on. Vikings defense keeps fields in check. 27-11. I'm having some weird scores here. But, Brian, you think the Bears cover? Yeah, you know, I like the points here. You know, I, I actually, I similar to what you were saying before with the Eagles-Bills, I think this line should be a little higher for the Vikings. I think this should be probably four and a half, but which makes me like the Bears a little bit more. Bears are three and one and one against the spread in their last five. And after week three, look, they've been pretty competitive. And I will say with this Vikings team, this Vikings team is good, but, you know, can Dobbs continue his magic and just to make a couple crazy plays? I know he turned the ball over a few times in the last game, but he still continues to make some crazy plays. I don't know if that's always necessarily going to be there. Vikings are only two and three at home. I think the Bears start off well again uh, and can stay within the spread. Although we might see what exactly what we saw against the Lions too, where they where they blow it late. Dobbs is crazy because he'll have three or four plays where his back is to the pass rush. You see how I said that? Uh, <laughs> and, like, and, like, and he gets out of it. He like sidesteps his way out of it. And you're like, is it the biggest idiot play or wow? How did he do it? That's Brett Favre. But uh, yeah, he's fun to watch for sure. All right, let's do it. College ranks. It's rivalry week, right? It's Georgia, Georgia Tech. What else? We have Florida, Florida State, Oregon, Oregon State, the Civil War. But the big one, Ohio State, Michigan in the big house. Michigan, a three and a half point favorite. 46 and a half is the over under. This is a tough one to pick, except I can tell you that adjusted lines are your friends in this game, Brian. This has been a double-digit result in seven of the last eight years, and you may want to adjust the over, too. We've seen 68 points, 69, 83, 101. Am I right? Am I looking at a basketball rivalry, or is this, <laughs> oh, these are the football scores? Um, probably outscore the basketball games between these two. I'm going to take Ohio State plus 134. This is the first time in five years Michigan has been favored. Uh, I like the money line here. I didn't like what I saw out of Michigan versus Maryland the other day. I know they were probably looking ahead, but I saw some holes in Natalia Tagovailoa created um, through on that defense in big spots. I think Kyle McCord, Marvin Harrison have some big moments. 33-24 Buckeyes. Bry, 
You've been on Michigan all year. You picked them to go undefeated. You're going to need this one to come through for them to stay undefeated. Yes, I do. Uh, but yeah, I like them still here. You know, if you told me two years ago, because I, I was always, I've always been a Michigan fan, right? But yeah. if you told me two years ago, Michigan would dominate the last two games against Ohio State, I would have said you were nuts, right? But here mm -hmm. we are. Both teams once again beat up on this Big Ten. But, but I think Michigan has been a little better overall for the season. And like Michigan in the last two versus Ohio State could totally controlled the line of scrimmage, right? They had 550 yards rushing in those yeah. two games combined, right? Michigan's rushing game, though, hasn't been as dominant this year, but I still like them to control the game. And look, if Ohio State couldn't stay with them with C.J. Stroud, I don't think they stay with them with McCord. And look, that Maryland game, I think, was perfect for Michigan, right? They go on the road. It's kind of a wake-up call. You know, they have to get right. I, I'd be a little nervous in this game not having Harbaugh, obviously, but I, I think Michigan still wins a rather low-scoring game for this, but I'm going to say Michigan 27-20. All right. Wow. I, I'm looking at, you know, I did this in the NBA playoffs. I think last year, year before, minus nine and a half plus 190, minus nine and a half the other way is, I got to find the other way, plus 360. I That's a I winner, like that, Brian. Though. I like that, Sal. I do like it. it. We should Double do it. digits. All right, Brian. Good job by you. You could follow Brian and thank him in advance for all those winners on X at the Brother Brian. After the break, dreams do come true. Former Cowboys quarterback, my childhood hero, Danny White's going to join us. But first, as we head to break, some actual good advice from legendary gambler and best-selling author Billy Walters. It's Billy's Betting Academy. <music> But there's a lot of games this week where betting strategy is super important. Buffalo, Philadelphia. Also, Sal, that we haven't talked about is the money line comparison. If you want to bet on Buffalo, instead of taking the points, you take the money. Uh, they're as high as 155, around 150. You could take that. Philadelphia, you got to lay between $1.65 and $1.70. Well, the true the true comparison, the 3 and 11 to 10 on the favorite. You want to bet on the favorite, give up low points. The money line comparison is $1.70.25. That's in the charts that we have in the book. On the underdog, uh, if you can take $1.40.85, that's the equivalent of taking three. Well, you can take you can take $1.50, $1.55. So taking a money line in this game is much better than taking three. I'd much rather have $1.40.85 than I had three eleven to ten. Sal's winning weekend. It's Thanksgiving week, and so it's only right. We had one of the greats from America's team, and I'm very thankful for my next guest. Boasts one of the highest career winning percentages for a quarterback, and most importantly, one of my very favorite Dallas Cowboys of all time. Danny White, thanks for being on Cousin Sal's winning weekend. Hey, you're welcome. Good, good to be with you. Thanks for having me on. Let me quickly set the scene, Danny. I was a 10-year-old boy living in Long Island, New York. I had no business being a Cowboys fan, except for the fact that the cheerleaders were extra pretty and the TV show Dallas, I don't know if you remember, revealed an overhead shot of the end zone in the opening sequence. And they had a quarterback, number 11, in the greatest uniform in sports, walking up to the ball. You were super cool. It was Danny White and Fonzie as far as tops and coolness. Did you think you were cooler <laughs> wow. than Fonzie at that point? Yeah, well, I never – it's the first time it's been brought up, to be honest with you. I, I uh, never thought of it quite that way. But uh, looking at Henry Winkler today, I, I, can, I, I can hang with him, I think. 
<laughs> I think so too today and back then too. I really think, you know what, we may have to put this up to a poll. I think you'd fare well. Another very cool thing you did, you were the team's punter as well as the quarterback. Now you started primarily, you were the backup quarterback and then you took over for Roger Staubach and they said, yeah, I guess we can get a punter, but let's let Danny do both. <laughs> you were just too good at it, I guess, right? Well, I was good enough. I punted for eight years, four as a backup and uh, to mm -hmm. Roger and then four as the starting quarterback. And um, those were great years. I loved it. I wonder if this could be seen as a punishment for quarterbacks. Like, all right, you went three and out. Now you got to punt. Yeah, again, take take it out, out on the ball. That's exactly That's right. <laughs> and and I loved the, the, the advantage I think that I had to other punters was I could catch the ball and watch the rush at the same time because I was used to taking a shotgun snap. And if nobody turned around and came after me, I just kept going. And, and you know, I did that 19 times for first down in, in, uh, in my career, and that's 19 turnovers. You know, it's like 19 interceptions. <laughs> and, uh, it's a stat that they don't keep, and they, you can't go back and get it because all it shows in the line score is that I ran for a first down. You don't know if I was in punt formation or if it was a sneak or what. All right, so let's talk about what we have to do, this, some of the bad, bring back some bad childhood memories. But I'm sorry, three NFC championships. We're going to pretend you won all of them. But I want to go to this 49ers game, the catch, Dwight Clark, which had nothing to do with you. But the subsequent drive is what no one talks about, really. You, had, you get the ball, I think it looked like the 26, there's 47 seconds left. The first play, great throw over the middle to Drew Pearson, and he's horse-collared. And I guess it was legal uh, back then to horse-collar a player to the ground. But if he's not horse-collared and he breaks that or if there was penalty somehow, he's in field goal range. You're in field goal range for Septien to win it. You're at the 44. The next play, no one's blocked, sack turnover, and that was that. But if not for that horse-collar tackle, I really think you're remembered differently. You beat the Bengals in the Super Bowl, and then you probably wouldn't even be on this show. <laughs> well, well, sure, I'd still be on the show. But thank you. Um, <laughs> uh, you're you're right. I mean, that was kind of my hail mary, um, yeah. and and it was a a play. Except the difference in my hail mary and Rogers' hail mary was mine was a great throw. Rogers was <laughs> right. not. And, no push and, off. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and it's funny how the greatest plays in the history of the NFL are busted plays. They're not, they're not by design. The Hail Mary, the Immaculate Reception, the catch, none of them were were designed the way they turned out. Mm -hmm. This one, uh, I just told Drew to run it to run a six route, but run it five yards deeper than normal. Instead of 15, run it at 20. And Drew had a knack for timing. He could see the ball coming and time his speed so that he got there at just the right time to make it look like a perfect pass, which he did. And, and yeah, he was gone and Eric Wright got him just by a finger. Um, I'd love to have that one, that one back. Cause I think I could I have at least thrown it away and gotten another play. We only needed about 10 more yards to get into field goal range for Raphael. I know. Uh, I'm so sad. It was the first TV event that I ever cried at. And then not again until the golden bachelor uh, a couple of weeks ago, but yeah, uh, <laughs> I, I, honestly, uh, I feel like you got a raw deal there. All right, let's talk about the good. Now um, there's a picture of you after the super bowl, after you guys beat the Broncos kissing a Cowboys cheerleader. I think we're going to put it up here in a second. 
Um, this is you truly living the dream. I mean, this is the original Travis Kelsey Taylor Swift, in my opinion. Way better than a Gatorade bath. Take me through what happened here. Well, I kind of think she was living the dream, but um, <laughs> uh, but it was just a spur of the wall, spur of the moment things. She could have been a ninety-five-year-old grandmother, and I'd have done the same thing. Right, um, but she wasn't. Uh, she was a Dallas Cowboy cheerleader. When was the last time you talked to Cindy? Oh, uh, not since then, probably. <laughs> that was it. That was yeah. the last interaction. I love it. Danny, give us a Super Bowl pick, unless it doesn't involve the Cowboys, in which case you can keep it to yourself. I think I think the two best teams in the league, and I know AFC people would disagree with me, are the, the Eagles and the Cowboys. And the 49ers are right there. Teams that get to the Super Bowl will be teams with great defenses are able to slow this, these scoring machines down. And so I guess that'd be the Cowboys and the Ravens. All right. Well, listen, that's great. I You know, I was just thinking about this as we went through it. Um, the Cowboys were beat by the 49ers the last two years. And that just, as a fan, it crushes me. But you probably can't even watch when they match up in the playoffs, right? Um, no, I, I I watch because I want to see I want to see the Cowboys beat them. I'm I'm disappointed yeah. afterwards. Um, but you know, it, those old memories, I don't they they don't they don't bother me much anymore. I don't really think about that. Those were different times, different players, different owners. Mm-hmm. Um, everything was different. All right. Well, I'm going to have to pay you to become my therapist because it still bothers me. But I got to, you know, I'm a, I'm a flawed human being, as you probably tell from the last 15 minutes or so. Uh, number 11, it's been a joy having you. Thanks for coming on the show. I appreciate hey, you're, it. You're very welcome anytime, man. And thanks for being such a fan. You got it. Danny White, everyone. We'll be right back to wrap things up on Cousin Sal's Winning Weekend. time on Cousin Sal's Winning Weekend. Just enough for me to list all the things I'm thankful for this year. Danny White, Brother Bry, Billy Walters, and Elastic Jeans. That's it, really. Oh, here's the same game parlay to feast on. Kicks off in a couple hours. Dolphins adjusted to minus six and a half. Raheem Mostert to score touchdowns. Got 13 of those this year. The game to go over an adjusted 35 and a half. And the Jets to score fewer than 14 and a half points. I have no confidence in Boyle and his foils. Enjoy your Black Friday. Treat yourself to that nacho cheese warmer dispenser that you've had your eye on. I know I'm gonna. And I'll be back on Sunday at 11 a.m. Eastern with John Jastrzemski, Raheem Palmer, and Joe House on Ring the Wise Guys. Until then, remember, even though you may feel like underdogs, please know you're all my favorites. Happy handicapping!